What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 3 of Hit the Books, the podcast here to give you all the sports news, sports talk, sports gambling, sports trends, sports coverage, you name it in sports, and we at Hit the Books want to deliver it to you. Do not forget to check us out on our various social media platforms. That link is in the description below. This episode is all about Week 1 of the NFL season, starting this Thursday, and we couldn't be more excited. I see Ace jumping around in his seat over there. I know he's excited. So let's get right to the action, but first I need to introduce the boys that will join me week in and week out this NFL season to talk each and every game for Yens, the Hit the Books crew, starting off with Tyler Huffnagel. Huff, what is happening, buddy? What's going on, everyone? Uh, Like you said, we officially made it week one of the NFL season. Uh, NFL starts tomorrow. Not much else to say. Can't wait to get into it. Uh, Hand things off back to you and we can get into the other co-hosts. Get right into it. Yes, sir. Next up, we have Mike Mackey. Mackey, hope you had a nice Labor Day weekend, buddy. What do you got going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a moment we've all been waiting for. You know, Thursday night football, first Thursday night football of the season tomorrow. We got a nice matchup in the Rams-Bills. Hopefully we can get a playoff for that. So, uh, yeah, exciting times in the sports world. Absolutely. Finally, Alex Ventura, ace, two episodes down. Your third one's up to bat. Looking forward to talking some NFL football with you this season. What do you got for me? Definitely looking forward to talking some football. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to 26 hours from now. We'll be getting the first kickoff of the year. Um, Like Mackie said, we've been waiting all summer for it. So ready to get going, ready to talk some NFL. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into some headlines in the other leagues real quick. Let's start off in the NHL. First up, we have the Ottawa Senators have announced an eight-year extension with forward Tim Stutzel worth $8.35 million a year. Ace, why don't you start us off with this one? Yeah, definitely uh, love to see the NHL players getting their, their due. They've been getting underpaid for a while, so the new names like Stutzel getting a big contract actually bodes well for other future stars in the league. I see someone like Jason Robertson, whose rookie deal is expiring. If Stutzel can grab that much money, I wonder how much he can grab, especially on the open market. Um, so, yeah, it's just great to see the league finally paying some of their top players. Yeah, I think. I mean, like you said, Gosney NHL, I saw this deal and I was like, damn, dudes are getting paid now way before, way earlier than they used to in the NHL. Like they're locking these young players up. You see guys like Huberto and Kachuk get the deals in the in the trade and sign situation with them. They got the, I believe, nine year and Huberto got a 10 year. You see Stutzel sign the eight year. A lot of these younger players are getting the big contracts and like, I mean, much deserved, but it's just crazy to see this money. Like you said, they're definitely getting their the pay that they've been due for the past couple of years. Uh, as you could say, the NHL has been very underpaid. Um, but a guy like Stutzel, uh, Ottawa is going to uh, – they have a very nice lineup coming into this season. Uh, Mackie, I don't know what you, uh, you want to say about the Senators, but I think I really like them coming into this year. I mean, yeah, this team has made a, a few offseason moves that have um, put them in the conversation for maybe a playoff position with the young core that they have, at least in the next few years. This is a guy that they're – basically um, surrounding their franchise around and uh, blocking well for eight more years. I mean, $8 million deal. It's a big deal. So uh, first one we've seen this high from like this young of a guy. So hopefully there'll be more, more contracts like this to come. Mackie, what were you saying about Ottawa being good though? Ottawa more like Ottawa. Nah, Ottawa. Nah, that's how <laughs> Yo, give, give them two to give them two to three years. 
Maybe even this year. I bet, you, I bet you this year they're right outside. They might not make the playoffs because because the uh, Eastern Conference is so strong. But two to three years, they're, they give you, they're, they're going to give your uh, Bruins a run for your money. Ottawa's a team I'm going to be better. They're on the come up. The Bruins are on the come down. I love I love that quote by Mackey, though. Two to three years from now, that's what those bad teams are always saying. So we'll see you then. Yeah. It's a we'll team see. I'll be betting on this year. It's a young team. They're gonna be they're gonna be making some people some money this year. No, definitely. I agree. They definitely have a lot more talent than they do before. I like Brady Kachuk, but they don't have enough on the back end or goaltending wise to compete with the likes of the rest of that strong Atlantic division. I think they're a few moves moves away. That's about it. Didn't they just get a goalie? You're supposed to believe in that, huh? You think Didn't he's going to beat Vasilevsky, Swayman? No, I mean, but like, no, I, I, did, I didn't say that. I didn't say they were winning a cup in the next two years. Mackie, Mackie, you—that's not what you caught out of that sentence. He goes, "You'd look I at the top." Pop is the only one who caught Vasilevsky and Swayman. Swayman, <laughs> no, I just heard Vasilevsky. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, get your bias in all you want, but I think you know Swayman's not even in that conversation. Uh, he's he's a, he's a rookie that's looking to go far in the future. I feel like he's. Still I feel like he's been a rookie for five years. Well, last year was a rookie year. <laughs> really? I don't know. What do you think? So is he you still think a he's rookie? Next is he the next Tukarask? No. Well, he plays like Tukarask. He's a positional. positional Meaning, is he your goalie. next? Is he your next franchise goalie for the next like eight years? You think? Yeah, I think so. I don't know about that long. The thing is, Olmark's contract is strange. I think they need to trade him and offload that contract. But if you look at Team USA and like these American goaltenders, Swayman's in that upper echelon of young, up-and-coming goalies. I think uh, him, Ottinger, and there's another guy I'm forgetting right now, are like the big three. Next Ottinger's big three a American stud. Yeah. ridiculous, yeah. They're so young, though. Swayman's only like 23 or 24 years old. All these goalies you're talking about, they compare him to are all in their 30s. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, saw- yeah. We, I just I couldn't with... let that slip. I could not let that slip. <laughs> Talking about yeah, no, I'm, I'm drawing. So who else? You have Bobrovsky. I think the Leafs have a rotating I mean, door Igor. above average goalies. No, I'm talking in the Atlantic. Oh, uh, uh, I was going to say we're getting the best winner. Spencer Knight will be um, he'll be good up for the Panthers in a few years. He'll have that spot yeah. in two years. At we least. got some time to talk hockey though. Absolutely. One last point here in the NHL. We saw some players with some jersey advertisements on. Saw the Penguins having high mark. Uh, can't really name any others off the top of my head, but Capitals had Caesar Sportsbook. Capitals had Caesar Sportsbook, but a couple showing up there at a, that media day that they had. What do you guys think about that, Mackie? You want to start us off here? I actually didn't really see much about that. I don't. I don't like advertisements on jerseys i think on the helmet it didn't look good at first it grew on me it's all right now but uh i don't like i don't know i i I think it looks a little weird yeah i'm not a huge fan of it Uh, i don't i knew it was coming sooner or later especially once they did the um helmet or the helmet ads last year or the year before whenever they brought that in um but I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of it on the jersey because all that means is i just hope it doesn't get any more than we're already at they now have the helmet and if you're not a captain, you have an advertisement right here on the corner of your chest, and it's like the other side. I mean, I don't know. I just think it'll look really stupid, but it's going to end I mean, up looking yeah. like it fits in, but I don't know. I mean, as long as it doesn't, you see the jerseys in, like, Europe and shit, and it's just, like, overpowering. It looks ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. The NHL can never do that. Yeah, you don't want it to end up coming to that. This is just a start, so hopefully this is the end of it, too. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is the end of it. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. You've seen every other league go that way. I mean, the NBA has it indoctrinated now season, year in, year out. It's just a nice way to make up uh, some funds that they lose in other areas. We just talked about those big deals that they're giving to Stutzel and other people. If you bring in more advertisement money in the, in the likes of that, you can start seeing cap go up and pay more players that way. Because I don't know if you guys have seen these deals um, – that they're talking about, like th- these deals have been in the works for the NHL for a while. I think it's about like two point five to five million for just one set of jerseys advertisement. Say you just wanted the home or the just the away, it'd be about two to five million depending on the team in the market for that advertisement alone. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a smart thing for the teams to do. Like it's free money, but I don't know from a fan standpoint. I, th- I don't know many people that are going to be like, yeah, I like how it looks. If only they can tie them in as well as the NBA does. Yeah, Te- right. Teams like the Harley Davidson on the Milwaukee Bucks, the Bucks, and then I think there's a few others that fit well. Biofreeze in Portland. It's a little one for Jesse. It's a little weird. <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if I'm they mad. can tie it in and make it look clean on the jersey, I'm I'm not against it. All right, that's going to wrap up all we got in the NHL tonight. Let's move over to some NBA real quick. The 2K ratings for the video game drop. Ratings drop. Players are up in arms about their overalls, not very happy about their results. What do you think, Ace? Uh, It's just the same old, same old, but it's pretty funny to see Kevin Durant complaining again (laughs) on social media about something else. I'm only a 96. Yeah, that just goes to show you what that locker room in Brooklyn is going to be like this year. I, I don't think that was really that serious. I, what, yes, dude, he, no, said, I mean, he also he said, like, 99. Like, first of all, there's been, like, five 99s in the last 10 years, and he sat out half the season last year. So I don't really think he, he legitimately thinks he should be a 99. And if he does, yeah, it's, just him, with you. it's just him trying but, to stir a pot, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. But there's a lot of other stars you see all over social media posting actually upset. It's more about those mid-tier guys that are like ranked in the 70s. I think they should be in the mid-80s. Yeah, high 70s and like, want to get in like, the low 80s. I like when they ask the rookies. They more do this with Madden. But I like yeah. when they ask the rookies, they're like, what should you be rated? They're like, 81. They're like, you're a 62. <laughs> it's like yeah, – There's always someone like, I'm a 99 speed. It's like, all right, buddy, you went in the third round. How about you take a seat and sit the back? Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're eight, you're a 79 speed. Hit the track. Good stuff there. Yeah, not too much in the NBA. LeBron James and his son spotted at the Ohio State football, Ohio State Notre Dame game this past weekend. Pretty interesting there. Not too bad. He had a visit. What do you think, Mackie? Yeah, Brownie actually posted on Instagram uh, an unofficial visit. I guess he his hashtag was not committed. Not committed. That was so funny. He was like, "I have to, I have to clarify this. Not committed." Yeah, he he had to let everyone know. But uh, yeah, he I guess he he uh, toured the program and everything. I mean, you saw that coming, OSU. But heck yeah, Yeah, that's funny. That's funny though. I think uh, the media loves Brownie. They love all. Oh my god! Did you hear the chant? OSU literally the, the the fans had a chance. Imagine that, dude. Like, the, that's insane. And he's sitting yeah, there just ignoring it, not even making a face towards it. There's a football. There's a huge football game on between two ranked teams, but instead we're gonna worry about LeBron James. Yeah, we're gonna have a brownie chant. A seventeen year old. 
He did look dope in that uniform, though. Yeah, definitely. Those Ohio State uniforms are so clean for basketball. Yeah, I'd be so are. hyped if he goes to some school like that. Not necessarily one of the top pedigree the schools. For he's gonna go to like, he, you know, he's gonna go to like Duke. Yeah, he's gonna go to like. He's yeah. not. I I thought he was gonna go to Duke, but uh, I think since Coach K left, I don't think he's gonna go to Duke anymore. Where's your projection right now, off the rip, Mackie? Where's he going? I have no idea. Ohio State. I don't know. Huh? I mean, that's. I don't really pay rip. attention. I don't really pay attention to like high school basketball prospects. Bronny's just so. I, other than like UCLA, that's Bronny's what I was like, gonna say. Other than UCLA, uh, Braun is just so in with Duke. I think it would be Duke or UCLA. It was yeah, it was Coach K though. It was Coach K that he was close Le- with. LeBron's yeah. playing for the Lakers right now. I could see UCLA big time. Yeah, but I could see him leaving LA. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of up in the air. He could follow his dad. He could do a lot of things. He's the type of kid to be like, oh, my dad didn't go to Ohio State, so I have to to like keep that legacy going in Ohio. Cleveland made. Akron made, I think, actually. <laughs> Let's move into some MLB real quick. Aaron Judge hit home run number 55 today against the Twins. He's now seven away from the record with 26 games remaining for him this season. Very good stuff for Aaron Judge. What do you think, Huff? I think he's definitely going to get this record, Mackie, don't you think? I mean, I just don't understand why people still pitch him the ball. Like, Why are you throwing him strikes? Throw like if you're gonna pitch to him, do, like throw it every single pitch outside the zone. I would never yeah. throw this guy a pitch down the down the middle of the plate. Even like on the corners, he's hitting it out. His power is just unmatched. And the Yankees I want to see him. I want to see him the record. Yeah, I know he's literally that, that entire offense right now. I can't wait until that team fizzles out in the playoffs and then he leaves in the off season. Fizzles out. They're hanging on by a thread already. Yeah, they might not even. They're. Yeah, it's been a pat, tough past couple weeks for the Yankees. They could there. be a wild card team. They they actually probably will be. Rays going to win that division? Four games back right now. Yankees are not anywhere close to being back. Rays are on a tear. I don't know. I just see it trending that way. I think the Mets are going to lose this division too. Braves have complete Braves, control. Yeah, right I, I was going to say, I just think the Braves are so hot right now. I also think the Braves are the best team in baseball. I think they're going to two-peat. So. I think they could repeat too. Yeah, I was reading a lot about a lot of people liking the Braves again. They're a better team than they are last year, and they have that top four pitching. What's crazy is they lost Freeman, gained Olsen, and they're a better team. That team is, for the next eight years, they're going to be ridiculous. Yeah. I think they just got Mike Soroka back, or he's coming back this week as well. Yeah, that team's loaded. Yeah. All right, Otani is the first player with 10 wins and 30 home runs in MLB history. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of just Otani. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's going to break so many records because nobody else does what he does. And, I mean, yeah, it's all impressive, but, like, how many times can you really be like, oh, he should win MVP because of this? Like, it's, I I don't know, like. If you're gonna give somebody a player a player like that MVP every season, then LeBron should have had it from 2012 to 2018. So exactly, it would get who is gonna win the who is gonna win Judge. MVPs in baseball? Aaron Judge, Judge, and, Judge and Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, but those are the two Goldschmidt's favorites. Like three, triple crown. Right now. Goldschmidt's a triple crown contention. Yeah, he's having an unbelievable year. I saw I someone. I saw a picture. I saw someone put five grand on the Cardinals to win it all. Dude, that Bulls team is final in, season. insane right now. 
would you say? Ace? Pujols farewell tour. Yeah. yeah. He was my favorite player when I was younger. I had picked him up in fantasy at the beginning of the month, and he's put put out like seven or eight home runs in August. Well, it's I'm September gonna, now, but he's put I'm out I'm in the playoffs right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a week. I'm not even playing this week. It's hype. Yeah, I got one more week of regular season. Yeah, he needs five more for 700. Yeah, and in that includes playoffs, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, those are just career home runs. Hmm. Right? I didn't 700 know that. for who? For Pujols. Pujols. He has 695. Oh, yeah, he'll get that. That counts for playoffs. It's career. So he needs five yeah, more. Yeah, but like when you think about it in like basketball terms, like LeBron ha- ha- would have 19,000 extra points if you counted his playoff points. I didn't know. I'm just saying. I didn't know that they they count. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I'm saying. I think I think it counts. Ace, are you? Are, it definitely does. I think it does. It's different for baseball because they're home runs and they're not just like buckets. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's not just like a two point. Yeah. Yeah, like they're, they're abnormal. Think about it. When you say career goals in hockey, you include playoff goals. You just I I, I genuinely didn't know that. I didn't know. Why are they separated for the NBA then? I'm looking it up. Yeah, can we get a stat verification in here? I don't. I actually genuinely stats. don't. Know, so. We can only just ramble on about a certain topic for so long before we actually like know what the fuck's <laughs> right up. and what's wrong. <laughs> Statistics in preseason All Star and playoff games do not count towards a player's totals. That's from Quora, though. Is that for the for uh, the MLB? Good thing this isn't an MLB podcast. I'm pretty sure, not thinking about it, I'm pretty sure it doesn't count playoffs. I think it does too. I think it's different. I think Mackie's right. Think I think it's, it's different. I, I, I think it's, I, I'm pretty sure it is. If you think about it, you never hear of like someone hitting like 80 home runs in a season. Or like exactly. 70 home right. runs in a season. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. That's so weird. I yeah. I so playoffs are different stupid. for all of them. If you think about it, that actually is really stupid. I feel like it should count for your career. What do you say about the NBA though? Yeah, I think it should count for your career. Dude, LeBron have like fifty-eight thousand points right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not their fault that they got to the playoffs, huh? Yeah, that's not his fault. He got to the finals ten years in a row, anything, or whatever it was. Achievement, so. Yeah. All right, let's move into some college football. First up, we've got Georgia taking the number two spot from Ohio State on the AP Top 25 this week after embarrassing number 11, Oregon, 49-3 to on Saturday. Our bet at no point – I mean, obviously the final score, 49-3. to Our bet at no point was a sweat. Georgia was – at no point did I even think that that was a question. I was actually mad at myself. I didn't take the original spread of 16 and a half. And I checked it while me and Jesse were watching it. It went to 19, or 20, 20 and a half to win by 21, and I was going to take it there again, and I didn't. Ace, I don't know if you had anything else separate on that game, but I just had our teaser. I mean, we went 2-0 and on the weekend, not to pat ourselves on the back, but um, can't complain about going 2-0, and two units. But I think we can pat ourselves on the I definitely agree with your point. Can't complain at all. We cooked up a great plus odds. It was even or plus 110, something like that, on a teaser. First play of the year, you want to play it safe. Week one, you don't really know what you've got. I was thinking the same thing. I was watching. I was like, "Damn, this is Georgia, and they're rolling." How did I? Not I was like, "I did not need to tease Georgia," but at the same time, it's Oregon, and like they always get misranked, you know. So you don't really want to play with it too much. 
it's it's a tough call, but looking at it in hindsight now, it's like, oh, good. Like, we can play more. That might be a team that we look to hammer in the future is my thought. That Georgia team is absolutely ridiculous. And to lose players like they did on, de- on that defensive line and then to perform like they did is absolutely insane. So that Georgia team is going to have a lot to pr- or is going to prove a lot this year. You like that tight end? What is he, 6'9"? Dude, he's, well, he's six nine two. What was he? Two seventy or something like that. <laughs> he's a, he's literally a defensive end. Craziness. And what's crazy? Who I start is, him. There are three return. There are three returning starters on the Georgia defense. Two of them had turnovers on Oregon's first two offensive possessions. That's a veteran team for you, veteran players. But like I said, you think we're gonna start seeing more of those like uh, six nine type players? Dude, I <laughs> if if you start seeing six nine tight ends. I mean, you're going to have to start seeing six, nine linebackers. Who the fuck's going to cover these guys? Yeah, it'll just be reversed. Then you break out the guys that are like five, six, like J.J. Taylor. And they'll be yeah, he, just, run, he just runs right around everyone, but he takes one hit and his career's over. He has CTE. It's just crazy to see these big men that can move. I don't think we've seen something like that in a while. No, no. I mean, it, it, five, like 10 years ago, it was a freak to be six, five and move like that. Now we're seeing six, eight, 270 at the tight end position. You know what, what that means? It's just a, a basketball player that wants to uh, put the pads yeah, on. Where are they getting these kids from? Yeah. You're breeding them. You're giving them something from birth. That's unreal. Yeah, uh, but Georgia, they're legit. Again, it's going to be Alabama, Georgia. I think it is, too, 100%. I don't think Ohio State has it this year, either. That first game, they looked – I mean, you had no, – I just I don't think – We took Notre Dame, too, so – um, I just don't think that Notre Dame is very good, and Ohio State didn't really do much to that team. I mean, I think it was a pretty even game, to say the least. I think they're obviously the better team, and they came out on top as they should have, but I don't think either of those yeah, teams are top five teams in the country. Let's hold our breath a little bit, though. Obviously, George, Alabama, everybody loves, but it's only week one. We haven't seen them like matched up with other people yet. Let's see like the likes of Texas A&M and other teams, how they fare against those Georgia and Alabama top dogs. I'm excited to see Florida. I think Florida is going to be a very nice team this year. I, I want to throw a futures bet the other day on that. Hail Mary was a Hail Mary they went on. I, no. w- I didn't watch the game. I just I I know Mackey. T- I someone texted. Do we like Utah? And I just said, I don't like. I just said I don't like the SEC against the Pac-12. That was such a good game, and honestly, Utah blew it. But that Florida quarterback is elite, and he's him. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying, though. But it was so sketchy that it took them that much just to get by Utah. It's like. They're just wow, so Utah's good on their, seven, they're so good on their home seven. Field. Yeah, but they're not – Utah isn't – they're ranked that they're highly, they're but pack, they're not like – Pac-12. Like, Pac-12 ranked SEC teams are different. SEC. I'm pretty ACC. sure they were the sixth seed last year and absolutely murdered whoever played in the bowl game. All right. I'll just like to see how Florida does against Alabama and Georgia, but it is exciting to have another good SEC team out there. Good stuff. And quickly here – Last point in college football world, Pat McAfee will be joining College Game Day as an analyst as part of a new multi-year agreement with ESPN. McAfee will now be a full-time member of College Football's premier pregame show beginning this Saturday, September 10th, as Alabama will visit the University of Texas. So good news for a guy here out of Pittsburgh and WVU. So lots of good stuff there for Pat. He's been killing it lately. Hoff, it's nice to see your boy, fellow Yinzer, get his uh, due, huh? Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, he's fucking killing it. I mean, I listen to his show every, I mean, every day, if not 
every other day, like four out of five times a week, I'm listening to him. I mean, he's the man I love. He's just so fucking entertaining. And like Yinzer to Yinzer aside, I know you want me to want to hear me use that term, but Jesus. I mean, he's the fucking man. Like he is adding value to every, everywhere he goes. You look at his show and what he's done over the past five, five years with his show and the amount of fame that he's gotten himself. He's with big companies like the WWE, you know, announcing and doing WrestleMania and SummerSlam, all these huge events, 2-0 and and sanctioned matches, as he always says. But um, now you see ESPN coming after him on a massive long-term deal. Um, The dude just brings value wherever he goes, and I'm happy to see him do it. Ace, I don't know about you. Yeah, it's not surprising to me to see someone like Pat McAfee get this type of deal because if you think about it, his podcast generates so much attention. I have friends that have never listened to podcasts downloading apps just so they can listen to him talk. His social media content, he just people are attracted to him. They like what He's he has so to different. say. He does everything so differently. Like he always says, I've never been scared to give my opinion. I've never had an issue doing this or this. He truly does it his own way, and that's why he got to the top so fast. Yeah, like, the thing is, he's the people's champion, if you think about it. He's from a hardworking town like Pittsburgh. It's a tough area. He's went to Morgantown, so he's just like everybody else. You've seen him chug a beer. You've seen him play on the football field. So he's somebody people can look up to and have a good time talking sports with. Mackie, you ever listen to him? Honestly, no. I'm not a big, like, I, I don't him. know. I don't really, I don't really, like... I like rip his episode. I just, rip, like I'm you, like, you listen to it every morning when you go to work, do you not? Yeah, yeah. Like perfect, not even on my like rod. I listen time. to it when I'm sitting in my office. Like I just sit it. I just have it on. Yeah, I don't know. I just, not, I, I don't know. No, not really. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Well, you're missing Mackie. out, Mackie. He's on. one of the most elite minds in the sporting world. <laughs> yeah, I don't think like you're. FanDuel wrong. got him on. That's why ESPN got him on. That's why Barstool got him on. Everybody he really is. That's why he left Barstool. He's like, fuck this. You don't have a check big enough for me. Come on, he's friends with AJ Hall. That's his boy. Have you heard the Peyton Manning story? Yeah. Look it up. That's a dude. He's just his show with like the cast he has. I don't know. AJ, I like AJ too. How he's just like so monotone and comes on the show. But um, yeah, McAfee to college game day. Back to college game day, I should add. He was on it a couple years ago. Going to be electrifying. This Saturday, Bama, Texas. He's going to be there. Good stuff out of college, the college football world. Let's run through our NFL headlines quickly here, and then we'll get into our week one analysis. First up, the Pittsburgh Steelers have named free agent acquisition Mitch Trubisky their number, their week one starting quarterback. Huff, what do you think about this? I think this is something we all saw coming, um, but not really. I'm not really too upset about it. I, like I said, I kind of came to the realization that this was going to be. Um, what was going to happen. It's going to be Mitch's team to start. You saw him get the captain put on his chest. I think it was last week they announced the Steelers announced their captains. Um, once he was named the captain, it was kind of given that he was going to be a starter. You backup quarterback can't be a captain. That's just not a good vibe for the whole team. But I don't know. I think I think this could be a great situation for Pickett to kind of learn. We Steelers have kind of a front-heavy schedule. Uh, I know we have teams like the Jets in week four at home. Uh, but first two weeks, you have a tough game again in Cincinnati, and then you come home and you go to uh, play the uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots on your home field. Uh, it's going to be a tough start for the Steelers. We'll have to see what Trubisky can do, though. Yeah, my immediate thought 
my immediate thought on that is Mitch Trubisky taking over on the helm. This team wants to win right now. So they're going to see if Trubisky can actually do that, the veteran QB. They think they have enough pieces around him that he can game manage and win. Also, I think right away, like, ew, Mitch Trubisky is the captain of the offense. But then you think the offense doesn't really drive the team. You just need a signal caller. That team is led by their defense. Um, I think Trubisky at the helm is a good play because Kenny Pickett, even though he was picked in the first round, not the biggest quarterback prospect in the world. So maybe you let him learn on the bench a little bit, see what Trubisky can give you, and see if he can lead this veteran squad back to the promised land of the playoffs. Yeah, I think you worded that pretty perfectly. I think um, you're obviously going to give him the opportunity to win this rollover. And I do do think he'll be on a little short of a leash, though. You know, you have a young guy you draft in the first round right behind him. So you lose those first two games, you don't even stand a chance in either of them. And maybe you turn your – your first round draft pick, but uh, yeah, I think they have the faith in Trubisky to get it done right now and see what they can do with the future in the future with Kenny Pickett. MVP, MVP. <laughs> I totally forgot that he was that Nickelodeon thing. That was so funny. First ever, I think. Yeah, yeah. got the slime games back this year. Don't worry. Oh yeah. One more point for the Steelers. They do not leave the Eastern time zone for their entire season. Every one of their games will reside that's in the Eastern time zone. That, so I thought that was weird. pretty interesting. That's like crazy. Isn't that kind of crazy? I, I didn't even the think that was like possible. That's crazy. They don't even go to the other – like at mid to the middle of the country. Dallas I, is a different time zone. You don't even go to Dallas. Right. You don't go to Houston. I'm trying Houston. to think of the teams we even play that are out of our time zone. Most of the teams are over here. We're playing the NFC South this year. Alrighty. Next up, the New York Jets have named Joe Flacco their week one starter. Flacco will face the team that he won a Super Bowl with, the Baltimore Ravens, in week one. Going to be an interesting matchup there, the Jets and the Ravens. The Ravens, I think, stomping on the Jets, but what do we think? Mac, you want to start off with this one? Mackie's itching right now to bet the Jets plus seven on Sunday. No, I absolutely hate the Jets, and all my friends that are Jets fans are actually delusional year in and year out, thinking they're gonna. They're always like, "Yeah, we're gonna sit around seven or eight wins, maybe find a playoff spot with a with a win here here or there." But I'm like, "You guys win three to four games every single year." Zach, like, I don't know. What, Zach Wilson's the answer. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Zach Wilson's out. That's why Flacco is starting, is because Zach Wilson's out four weeks at least. So um. I don't know. A bad team gets worse. So, Ravens pumble them week one. I don't. This team is awful. I have nothing else That's to say. That's my lock jealous. of the week. I took them in my survival pool. I think oh. the Ravens are going to astoundingly annihilate the New York football Jets. Um, more Jackson, six touchdowns. Yeah, much more superior team on every aspect of the game. Um, special teams, offense, defense, trenches, kicking, um, quarterback play. I think this will be one of those games that will will propel the Ravens to have very fat lines against bad teams. I think this is this is an incorrect line here. I think they're giving the Jets too much respect in their offseason acquisitions. Um, I originally, right now, my pick, I went with the Panthers in mind just because I didn't want to use the Ravens yet. I think, and I'm trying to look at a team. I think there's so many. There's too many home underdogs this week. There's way too many. And we're going to talk about it. And they're not yeah, one anymore, but I, I like the Panthers Justin. a lot this week. Yeah, I love the Panthers this week. Me but too. I've been eyeing that for way too long. 
let's stick with the Ravens here. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson are apparently not close to a contract extension with Jackson stating that the Ravens have until Friday to get an extension done. It being Wednesday here when we record Wednesday night. What do we think, Ace? We're talking Ravens and Lamar Jackson contract extension. We know that's going to be a $200 million deal. That's not going to be done within two days. Um, I think this is just all caps, so you can kind of press the issue to get them actually working on it. Maybe get the Ravens a little nervous. But uh, I think he's going to get his due. I think he's going to stay in Baltimore. I don't think it comes before Friday. I think they have other things to focus on this week. But interesting to see him say that quote. Maybe he's not as content with Baltimore as we all think he is. Like you said, could, he, could we see him in, a, in a, the Dolphins' blue in a, in a year or two? No, I don't do you think that, that, do you think that's where he would go, Ace? Uh, it's where his hometown. They loaded up that roster around him with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I could see him going there for sure. If he's a free agent in the open market, a hundred percent. They just ship out to a. I don't think they missed happen. out on Brady two years ball. ago. I think they go all in on their quarterback, and if Lamar Jackson's available, they'd want to bring him home. Mackey. That'd be cool, but I, I think he stays in Baltimore. It's just I, agree. Uh, be I, I definitely think he stays in Baltimore, but that's yeah. if he leaves, I'd say Miami. It's definitely I'm gonna be interesting though, if, if they don't um if they don't find if they don't come to a deal by Sunday. Friday. Like, why Friday? He said Friday. He said Friday is the deadline. If I don't have a deal oh, by really? Friday, Friday night, Friday when he leaves the building, basically, that's the deadline. What's he gonna do? Play Just, out the year and become a free. Yeah, he's playing out the year. He's not talking contract throughout the year. He said wow. once fr- fr- Friday is the deadline. Once that once that hits, they'll talk after the season. That'll yeah, be he sick. He really wants to focus on football. To speak for my brother, season. though, hey, that man, for Big Hoss. Yeah. Speak for we Big heard Hoss. we heard that sixteen times last week. Yeah, I agree. I, okay. That's ingrained in my head. I I literally was looking at every Lamar Jackson future, Ravens future. He just drilled it into my head. I'm like, I feel like I have to bet some of this now. <laughs> Ravens at plus money to win the division. Good odds to win the Super Bowl. Why not throw a few beans on? I'm taking I'm taking the 2000 to win the Super Bowl, and I'm taking Lamar 2000 MVP. You heard it before. I put that in on August 5th, so you know how I feel. Good stuff. Dawson Knox and the Bills agree to a four-year, $53.6 million contract extension. He's a big piece. He's a big piece of Buffalo's team. Yeah, I he's a he's a big body. He's obviously a reliable tight end. I just think it's just uh, you know, Josh Allen can make anybody a good piece on that. I was gonna offense, say, yeah, so. he's an average. He's I think this is a situation where he's actually like an average tight end, and Josh Allen's exactly, a quarterback. Yeah. So uh-huh. he's good. Don't get me wrong, he's solid. He's consistent, but uh, I don't know. Send him somewhere I think else that's I think that's six. a gr- great deal for Knox himself. He's uber athletic and pretty pretty big physically so that's a good mixture um the chemistry as with josh allen is unmatched as well so you saw that in the playoffs uh multiple times josh allen extending the play with a scramble out and finding dawson knox motioning him the spots in the end zone and making crazy catches so he's also in his early 20s mid 20s maybe so he has a lot his best football is in front of him um the only thing i have a question of is where is all of this money coming from i think they're just printing up in buffalo they have all of these guys, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White, and then you have to go pay. They just gave the Von bag Miller. an old Von Miller, right? And now you're paying Dawson Knox. How are you going to keep guys like Gabe Davis and 
the other the salary cap in the NFL does not exist, and we've seen that over the past couple of years with the Rams and the Bucks. How are they doing? They're just pushing this. It's the cash over cap thing. They keep like I've heard that term so many times on every sports like media outlet that I watch or listen to. It's the cash over cap. These rich owners are able to just pay everything up front, move everything heavy backloaded, and they'll worry about it in five years. Like you saw the Rams GM say after the Super Bowl, he's wearing the shirt that said "fuck them picks." He's like, I'll pay, I'll pay the salaries right now. I'll give you whatever signing bonus you want, but that doesn't come out of the cap. Hey, that, that better pay off for the Bills, though. It did for the Rams, as we saw, but watch them not get that ring. I saw some, I saw some today. Some on CBS Sports. Every single CBS Sports insider has the Rams win or the Bills beating someone in the NFC. Yeah, the caption was like, "Thanks for coming out, Bills." <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like, and thanks for coming out, Bills. <laughs> From a New England Jinx. standpoint, you love to see it. Yeah, they're in your division. That's why I was. That's how I felt last week. We were fucking jerking off the Ravens all week. They're all fucking pod. I'm like, I like the Steelers plus nine fifty to win the division. <laughs> but you don't actually. <laughs> no, that, no. Tell me, tell me, you're betting like a fan. Yeah, I know. No, I'm not betting that. I am taking Pickens Rookie of the Year. Plus 1,100. Who else is winning Rookie of the Year? Too many mouths to feed, and like we said before, an inept quarterback, even if they put in Pickett, will not get the job done for Who's going to win who Rookie has, of the Year? Who has the best odds, Huff? I like Drake one. Pickett. Pickett plus 500 has the best odds, and he was just got named backup. I like Drake London. I like Damian Pierce. I like Chris Olave. I'm not sold Chris on Chris Olave is a good pick. He'll get his touches. Okay, I'm going to pull this up now, actually. A lot of people like Garrett Wilson. <laughs> In New York? Yeah. In New York? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. A team, somebody on the Jets could win anything. Um, FanDuel, Rookie of the Year, Pickett plus 900, Pickens plus 900, Damian Pierce 11-1, Alave 11-1, Brees Hall 12-1, Sky Moore 12-1. Yeah, Brees Hall's Pickett. a good pick. Everyone's real high on him. I had Najee last year. I got to go with my boy again. Next up, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders announces his retirement after a 12-year career. Good career for that man. Alrighty, that's going to wrap up our headlines for this week. Lots of good stuff out of all the leagues, but it is time for our week one analysis of all the games of in the in week one of the NFL. I got some trends to start us off real quick here for the week. The Buffalo Bills enter the regular season as the favorite to win the Super Bowl at plus 600. The first time Buffalo entered a year as the betting favorites since doing so in 1991 and 1992. In week one, there are 10 home underdogs, the most such games in any opening week since the NFL moved to a 16-game schedule in 1978. Road underdogs that did not make the playoffs the previous year are 73-46-4 against the spread in week one. The Steelers, the Giants, and the Jaguars fit this category this week. Very excited for week one this week, boys. Let's jump right in. First game. The Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams here on Thursday. The spread coming in at minus two and a half in the Bills' favor. Money line plus 126 for the Bills, plus 108 for the Rams. Over-under sitting at 51 and a half. Ace, you want to start us off with this one? 
Definitely. Um, that's a crazy line to me, considering the Rams are on their home turf after raising the Super Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy, less than, what, six months ago. Um, I know Matt Stafford's coming off of an injury and they lost the likes of Odell Beckham Jr., but this Rams team is still really good at home. Um, you have the you have Allen Robinson added in, Cooper Cup. Um, they have all the pieces there, and Sean McVay knows how to use them. Uh, it's a veteran team that's coming in as an underdog. Um, I think he's going to have them ready to go on their home turf. Aaron Donald, Jalen Rams are going to be eating. I like the Rams money line. If you're a little nervous, throw it by that half a point for a plus three. Yeah, I do think I'm with you right there. I like the Rams tomorrow night. Um, I do think they end up winning the game. I don't think necessarily, like you said, two and a half. That's not worth it at all, in my opinion. But, yeah, give me the Rams. I think the defense gets the job done on their home turf. I I kind of I I guess I like the Rams, but uh, the line movement's kind of kind of getting to me. And you know, being a sports gambler, I pay attention to things like this. So I opened at the Rams minus one, and now they're plus two and a half. So um, I don't know. Maybe they know something we don't. But I do like the Rams here. I mean, defending champs on home turf. I don't know how you could uh, get a team like this at plus money, but I like it. Game screams over to me though, fifty-one and a half with those two high-powered offenses. What do you guys think? What's the over set at? Fifty-one and a half. It keeps dropping. Yeah, it does. I saw fifty-three and a half the other morning. How about this? The total has gone over in eight of the last nine games between these clubs, as well as actually the Rams have won and covered the, the last their last five straight season home openers or season openers. Interesting. All right. Maybe something coming out of that game from us. Make sure to check on our social medias for any picks on any games this week. Next up, the one o'clock games on Sunday. First up, we have the Steelers at the Bengals. Bengals coming in as the favorite at minus six and a half. The money line is minus 280 in the Bengals' favor, and the over under set at 44 and a half. The Bengals are six and a half point favorites. Like I said, the loser of the Super Bowl has faced a tough time getting over their hangover in week one of the following season, going four and 18 against the spread since the year 2000. The Steelers are 47, 26 and three against the spread as an underdog under Tomlin. This makes Tomlin the most profitable coach as a dog since 2003. And last point here, the Bengals covering seven straight conference games. Ace, what do you got? Yeah, the, the stat that jumped out to me to you, that you just mentioned was the uh, Super Bowl losers hangover in their opening game. However, I'd like to pose this question to you. How many of those teams actually got better in the following offseason? I think this Bengals team grew a lot with the signings they added to that O-line, which was very prevalent in the loss to the Rams. They added there. They added on the defense. They plugged up the holes, and they added talent on both sides of the ball. So I think the Bengals come out hot. They end that current uh, streak of eight of the last nine Super Bowl losers dropping their opening game the following season. I think the, the Bengals come out behind their uh, stud in Joe Barrow and grab the win this week. I like six and a half points, too. That's not a lot for a Mitch Trubisky-led team to lose by. I like the logic there, but I, 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 I kind of like the Steelers here. I, four and 18 is a, it's a trend that's hard. It's hard to fade something like that. And um, you're right, 
the Bengals did fill in pieces that they were missing and they did get better. But, um, you know, this is a line that a lot of people look at and they see six and a half points. You know, that's not a lot, but then you don't really think about how good that Pittsburgh defense is. And it's going to come down to who scores the first points. If the Bengals come out as they expect, as everyone is expecting, and clearly, like Ace said, he's expecting saying six and a half isn't a lot of points. Um, I just, being a Steeler fan, Ace, I know you're a Patriots fan. Uh, teams, fans of teams like us, we rely on defensive ball. And going into a team like uh, the Bengals that rely heavy on their offense uh, in the pass or in the passing game, I don't know if things aren't firing for Burrow coming into that game on Sunday. I think you could see the situation where the Steelers cover that game. Win, it's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely I think we agree see a cover here. I definitely agree with those points, Mac. You were thinking the Bengals cover too. No, I'm thinking uh, Bengals win, but I do think the Steelers cover this game. Maybe a backdoor cover if it comes down to it, but I think they – the AFC North game, Bengals could win by a field goal. I agree with that take. I agree with that take. I think that Barr is going to come out hot, though, at home. He's going to showcase that last year wasn't a fluke. Um, Exactly. I do think the Steelers are going to put up more points than people expect. Trubisky with those receivers isn't a bad combo, but – I don't. I don't think that they'll be able to keep up with Barrow and that high-powered offense. We get I like a, the over in this game. Can we get a score prediction. I think. I think twenty. I think twenty-seven, twenty-three. Bengals win. That's funny, Huff. I was going to say twenty-eight, twenty-three. So we both say the over. I think the I Bengals think, yeah. go over thirty. I'm saying. So what do you think? You, you think the Steelers get their points? No. Steelers, Steelers are gonna put up. So you think it's like a, you think it's a blowout? I do. Interesting. I don't know. I've, I've, I've thought that way too many times about the Steelers, and they've come out and that defense has helped, has done more than enough to cover a spread. So I've, I've been on the wrong side of it way too many times. I think I like the Steelers here. I think that team's gotten so much worse than they have than they were last year, and there's so many question marks on the offensive side of the ball. With Mitch Trubisky as your captain of your offense, I don't know if they'll be able to get it done. I think turnovers plague them, and Borrow capitalizes early and often. Who's the captain of the Patriots? Mac Jones, the Pro Bowler. We're getting personal. Didn't back up we'll Josh Allen we'll last year. We'll Who's see captain the captain of the Cowboys? Cowboys? He goes through week one. The captain of the Cowboys is whoever beats them in the playoffs in the first round. Oh, wow. Okay. Right, right now it's Debo. It is Debo. Debo can own us. I don't care. <laughs> you could say that's the only person you could say. <laughs> yeah, but I do like the over in uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. All right, good stuff. The next game up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. The Eagles coming in as the favorite at minus three and a half. The money line at minus one ninety five, and the over under sitting at forty eight and a half. I don't got any trends for this one. Mackie, you want to start us off? Yeah, uh, I think everyone's going to look at this line and just like hammer the Eagles, and I think Vegas is begging you to do that. Um, I think we see a different Lions team this year. I think Jared Goff gets another year under his belt with a with a with a new coach and a new team. So uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't count out the, the the Lions to win this game. I think the Eagles are overrated. The Lions are underrated. You know, the Lions are home. I think we could see a, an upset here. We've we've seen Eagles the Eagles underperform week one multiple times, so um, I don't think it'll be anything new this, this year. 
I'll take the Lions. Yeah, my points. favorite pick in this game. My favorite pick in this game is the over under here, forty eight and a half. For these two teams, the Eagles bolstered that defense, and the Lions don't have much going for them. I think it's going to be a slowly played game on both sides of the ball. They both like to run the ball. They run heavy offenses. Um, I think these two defenses keep the game at a low-scoring pace. I could see it going under 40 even. I'd hammer the under 40 and a half, 48 and a half. All, alternate line. I, I could be – Mac, you might have convinced me here. I'm. I just think. I don't know. I'm. I'm not sold on anything coming out of the Detroit until they prove me wrong. I'll probably be taking the Eagles minus three and a half in this game. I think the they end up winning by four. It might be a little bit of a sweat more than I'd like, but still the Detroit Lions. They'll find a way to lose this game by four or more. Yeah. Yeah. And I. I definitely see where you're coming from in that situation. I think it's. I think it's. The easiest thing to do here is just take the Eagles minus four. But uh, exactly, yeah, it's just like until they prove it, you know what I mean. I'll lose one for them to prove me wrong, but they gotta prove me first. Yeah. Next one o'clock game, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. We got the Colts coming in favored at minus seven and a half. The money line at minus three forty, and the over under at forty five and a half. The total has gone under in the last five games between these clubs. Indy is 5-0 against the spread in their last five against the Texans, as well as 9-1-1 against the spread in their last 11 road games against the Texans. Do you take the Colts minus 7.5 just right over a touchdown there? What do we think here, Ace? Ace, you're high on these Texans. I want to hear your take on this. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm very high on the Texans here. I think they're going to be a much more competitive team. I don't think this is the week that it all comes together. Um, I'm not laying seven and a half points with the Colts. That's a bit too much. But Way I too like much. that minus 340. I'd throw that into one of my parlays. If you go, I know a lot of people like to throw a three team or four teamer together with their safe picks for the weekend. And this would be one of those plays I'd go with. I do think the Colts come out on top, led by the veteran Matt Ryan. He's going to make a good, he's going to have a solid debut. He's got the reigning offensive player in the year, Jonathan Taylor. Um, that defense is loaded. There's good pieces in Houston for a good run, but they're all young. They're not going to come out week one and be ready to go. They're going to hit their stride, be playing their best football at the halfway point in the season. I th- I'm right there with you. I actually, to f- I'll probably be teasing the Texans up a little bit. I think they end up losing this game by like 10, um, maybe more. I don't necessarily love anything on this game. Probably won't have a pick, but. Um, right off the bat, you said the under's gone, whatever, 5-0 and in the last couple. I was actually looking at the over. I think Jonathan Taylor goes for two. I think the Texans put up an easy 17 points, and I think you end up sitting right around 45. And maybe, you know what I mean, I like the over on, what is it, 45 and a half? Yeah, I'll take the over on that. 26-23, Colts win, Texans cover. I'm kind of uh, feeling a little opposite here. I think the Texans have a really tough time scoring against this defense. They don't really have any offensive threat on that Texans team. And I think that Colts defense just shows how good they actually are this year. Um, I think they, they, sne- they might sneak one in. I, I think the uh, Colts cover this game, though. I think final score 23-10 maybe, something around there, 24 it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what Damian Pierce can do. I think a lot of the Texans' offense this year is dependent on him, um, I mean, we heard, we all know the news with what happened with uh, what's his name from Alabama, the receiver. I'm forgetting his name. 
that's oh, out the guy this that year. has um cancer. Sick. Yeah. What's his yeah, name? Mechie. Yeah, John Mechie. Oh yeah, John, John Mechie. But I think I think if they would have had you know a nice little core with Damian Pierce and Davis Mills and Mechie, like they have a nice team, like AC has been saying for the coming years. Uh, but Mackie, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't necessarily think the Texans have really any shot to win this game, but I'm I'm this is the the definition of a game I don't have a pick for. Ace, I don't know about you. Yeah, like I said, the only pick I'm going to have from this game is throwing that Indianapolis Colts minus three forty money line into yeah. a parlay. Yeah, I am excited to see. Maybe, like I said before, it's not going to be this week, but I'm excited to see Davis Mills come along. He's actually not the worst quarterback in that draft class from last year. I'm excited to see Brevin Jordan. I think he's a, a sleeper rookie that we haven't talked about enough either. He's one of the top rookie tight ends in the league. He's going to have a prominent role in that offense. I think Brandon Cooks is a true top wide receiver. He's going to, in fan, if you're just talking in terms of fantasy, he finishes top ten in the last six or seven seasons. So, the guy I like on the Texans is Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley on, on the defensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, cornerback. They just drafted him. He's a stud. He's going to be a legit dude for them. They just don't have enough, enough pieces on that defense. Nah, that they're, defense they're gonna, he's going to be he's going to be like the Atlanta Falcons with AJ Terrell. Yeah, that defense is we all know that's one of the worst in the league. I'm just excited to see some of these young guys step in and make a name for themselves. Maybe uh, help t- turn the tide back down, Houston. To take a pick. Yeah, I'll take. I'm with you. I think Colts win the game, Mac. You're making me fucking re- rethink my whole take, but I'll stick with them. I'll take the Texans plus the points. Not betting it though, so take that for what it's worth. Good stuff. I'm excited to see everyone's cards here at the end of the week. I'm pretty indifferent about this next game: the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints coming in at minus five and a half. The money line at minus two twenty-five, and the over/under at forty-two and a half. Who wants to start off with this one? Mackie, you want to take it away? I do really like the Saints here. I think this is a good situation for them to prove what they have this year against a really, really weak Falcons team that has really nothing going for them except for a young quarterback and Desmond Ritter. Um, yeah, I don't know. This team is just uh, – they're a playoff team, I think. So, you know, come out strong. They have a lot to prove. Teddy Bridgewater needs to um, have a good first game, good week one. Jameis. Uh, Yeah, I'm, that was dumb. But um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, James. Yeah, James is back. All right, my bad. Cut that out. But um, say say James. But uh, James Winston. But uh, what did shit, he say? I lost. He said, said Teddy Bridgewater needs to have a good first game. I knew it was James yeah. too because I was going to talk about his mistakes. And Drew Brees, I was going to talk about his mistakes Katrina too. In New Orleans, you know, they're all going to be at it. Yeah, I think the Saints cover this game here. I think they get away pretty easily here. This year yeah, or a few I'm... years ago? <laughs> if, Drew Brees can throw, if Drew Brees can throw for 350. <laughs> Dude, they should get Reggie Bush 25-plus touches this week. They might get back to the Super Bowl. Darren Sproles coming out of the coming out the uh, running running back committee. We're just gonna hand the ball off to the little guy. It's all gonna come down to the Bush Sproles tandem when they play the Eagles and Brian Dawkins in the NFC Championship. <laughs> all right, keep it going. All right, but I'm with you. I like the Saints this week. Um, there were certain situations throughout the offseason I thought the Saints could lose this game week one. 
I just don't think the Falcons have much going for them. I'm right there with you. I think Mariota struggles. I'm not too big on many of the skill positions in Atlanta. I think Cordero Patterson's a nice piece, but he's not even like a real running back. So for him to be your starting running back isn't necessarily like the best option. There's definitely worse options. He had a hell of a year last year, but yeah, I'm set with the Saints minus five and a half on this one. I like minus five and a half a lot. Um, I know the Saints have lost a lot of pieces. They've gained some on the offensive side of the ball. I think they should be able to cover that spread. Um, it's not too big of a line either. The Falcons don't have much at all. Huff just said it. Like, they don't have really anything. The only thing that I'm excited to watch on that team is Drake London and then the unicorn Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts emerges as potentially the top tight end in football after this season. Um, but, yeah, they're not going to be able to get the job done. There's just way too – this game is way too balanced on the other side. The Saints can cover five and a half. They're you got Pitts have over Kelsey at the, by the end of the year. What did you say? You have Pitts over Kelsey by the end of the year? Yeah, I think like statistically maybe not, but we'll see that Kelsey's going on a downward trajectory of his career and Pitts is going up. I just I think Pitts sees so many touches in that offense too, if he can stay healthy, right? What's crazy uh, is he had, what, one touchdown last year? Yeah, did he play all year though? That's such a bad team though. He's in one of the worst spots, but you'd think he'd... he he. What's funny is he had one touchdown last year and he was in London. Everyone says he does. He still has doesn't have a touchdown in the NFL in America. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah, especially with the way Jameis Winston played to start the year last year. Um, he was rolling so much before he went down with that injury. What do you think about that? You think he starts off hot again? He's got Thomas, Olave, and Landry. I think he has the weapons, Kamara. Um, you know what I mean? Like like you said, the the rookie receiver Olave. He definitely has the options down there. So, um, got Michael Thomas new, back this year new too. Beast, Jarvis, yeah, like Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Olave. Uh, they definitely have options down there. I, that's an open division. They're plus three hundred to win this division. Well, I've heard a lot of people over the past couple of weeks start to creep up on how high, or their opinions on the Saints and say that uh, maybe the Bucks don't win this division. People are saying the Saints at plus three hundred. I don't really see the value there, but um, if you do, take it. If not. You can, you know, sit in the corner with me and have the Bucks, but I'm not really too high on the Saints to vision odds, but this week I do like that minus five, Mackie. Here's the thing. Do you see Jameis cutting down? I mean, we've seen his mistakes in the past, how many, like, how he uh, is so inconsistent with his passes and how he makes so many mistakes with the ball. Do you think I mean, he cuts have, down on his mistakes? He'll have a turnover. Do you, you think it's as bad as it's been, or you think that's something that he's no. worked on? Because I feel like that's all he's really had to work on in this game to make him above average an above-average quarterback. We've seen that he can throw the ball. We've seen him put up 30 touchdown passes in a season. So I think he has yeah. it in him as long as he can cut I down on the mistakes. I think, he, I think he does, too. It just, it just depends on the mistakes, and I think he has more options this year than ever. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do with Less this guy, like a guy like Kamara coming out of the backfield. You don't have as much pressure on the passing game. You didn't have really a legit running threat in Tampa Bay. Um, and now you're not. Scared, now you're not scared to check down to your second and third options at, at the receiver position. So exactly, he has three I, studs at the receiver position. So I agree with both of you. The only, the only thing I have to ask is, does the name Dennis Allen ring a bell? No. No, that's their head coach. They don't have Sean Payton anymore. So that's the whole thing that we have to remember coming into Week yeah. One for the New Orleans Saints and our futures bets. They're under a whole new regime. First year with a new guy. Winston coming off of injury. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on this team, but I do think they get it done minus five and a half this week against the weak Falcons team. Ace, where's that guy from? Hey, coach. He was an yeah, assistant. Yeah, you could have told him. I'm pretty sure. I think it was an internal hire. 
Yeah, he was the the D coordinator. All right, well time. that that's a little uh, if it's inside the organization safer. move, then yeah, it's a little safer. Yeah, Sean Payton, one of the most notorious coaches in the NFL. Yeah, he had Bounty Gate, but he has a Super Bowl under his belt. Um, so it's good to see how they play under a new regime, though. You remember him and Jameis dancing in the locker room last year? Sean Payton, guys, the guy's going. <laughs> So I think we're all on the Saints. Yeah, I think the Saints are the move here in this matchup. Let's move over to the Baltimore Ravens at the New York Jets. The Ravens coming in as the favorite at minus 7.5. The money line at minus 3.30 and the over-under at 44.5. The only trend I got here is the Jets are 0-5 straight up in their last five games as a dog. (laughs) So money line looking promising, but what do we think about the spread here also sitting pretty high this week at minus seven and a half. Ace, you want to start us off here with the Ravens? Re- represent Big Hoss? Yeah, if you've been with us since the beginning of the podcast, then you know our picks on this one. We're all Ravens heavy this week, especially against a weak Jets team. We've been on the Ravens all year, so we're all excited to see them get going. I think uh, Huff and Mackie, you guys can speak more on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean honestly, already... I was going to say, I don't have too much to say on this one. Give me the Ravens minus seven. I think they win this game yeah. by 13, 14 or more. I think we already said everything we need to say about this awful Jets organization. So, Yeah, yeah whatever, whatever points you can get with Lamar Jackson, alternate spread, first half, first quarter, second half, whatever. Hammer the Ravens Ace, this game. Ace, that money line sitting at a nice price for a parlay booster too. What's it at? What's it, 330? Correct. Oh, yeah, it's minus my, my 330. Right around that same price as the Colts. You get a you get a exactly, nice little play yeah. with them and the Colts in there. You're looking pretty good with two safer bets. Looks like Ace is gonna be having the can't lose parlay in his picks this week. Colts Ravens Niners plus one twenty. Who the Niners got? We haven't gone over that yet. That's coming up here in a few. Next up we have the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins coming in as the favorite this week at minus three and a half. Money line at minus 172 and the over-under at 46.5. The Dolphins are 15-5 and five straight up in their last 20 games as the favorite. The Patriots are 15-3 and three straight up in their last 18 season openers. And the Patriots are 2-7 and seven straight up and against the spread in their last nine games at Miami. Obviously, some of those stats probably taking into account some Tom Brady stats. But I like that Dolphins stat. What do we think here? Let's hear the uh, bias. Yeah, Ace, from, just uh, start us off here. Go ahead. <laughs> the Patriots are sick. Don't get me wrong. This is a tough game to look at, though. I probably won't be throwing on this game at all, actually. Um, too many question marks on both sides of the ball. You have a whole new offense with an underdeveloped left-handed quarterback in Miami. Uh, new coaching staff down there. Um, yeah, Bill Belichick and Mac Jones were pretty prolific last year. But I think there's a stat about the Patriots in South Beach. They've lost so many games there. Um Patriots on the road against Miami just does not bode well. Um, Two and seven straight up and against the spread in their last nine games at Miami. Yeah, South Beach isn't friendly to the Patriots, but I'm not sold on this Dolphins team, especially in week one. And if you saw the quote that their coach put out today, um, what's his name? The guy from San Francisco that's down in Mike McDaniel. Yep, McDaniel, you said? His quote was, we're either crowned champions week one or we're the worst team in the league. But there's always week two. So that's an interesting quote to me. But like I said, not touching this game. Let me hear what you guys have to say. 
Yeah, like you said, a lot of question marks on both sides of the ball. I'd actually like to see both these teams play before I bet on either of them. You know, you got a lot of questions with the Patriots because a lot of people don't think they're going to be that good. But, you know, Max Jones can ha- have a great year, another MV- or another, another uh, Pro Bowl year. So um, we see that, and this Patriots team could be pretty good. But uh, going down to Miami, there's so many new additions to that team. So I, I definitely just want to see this team play before I want to throw some money on it. Get a little Wait, Matthew, did you just speak MVP Mac Jones? I didn't. I years? didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't. It. I said promo. I, I fixed it. myself literally in, in two seconds. We all heard it. We all. I said heard another. It. I said another. So, yeah, he's. That's where I caught him. He said another. I'll pull the clip. Last time. Last time I checked, I didn't know Mac Jones had an MVP, but just wait. It's coming. My take yeah. on this. I'm just. I'm leaning Patriots for the familiarity factor. Uh, I think Belichick goes into Miami, ends up actually winning the game outright. I think the Patriots get the job. All right. Let's move up to the Cleveland Browns at the Carolina Panthers. Or the Panthers coming in favorited at minus one and a half. Money line at minus 124. The Browns money line at plus 106. And the over under sitting at 41 and a half. One of the lower ones here this week. I got a good trend for the Browns. The Browns haven't won a week one game since defeating the Ravens and Kyle, Kyle Bowler back in 2004. They are 0-16-1 straight up in that span, forcing a tie versus the Steelers back in 2018. Yeah, um, I know me and Huff have been talking about this, this game for a very long time, and uh, we both like the Panthers here. I think Baker Mayfield is a statement game. I think this Panthers team is a lot better than a lot of people, a lot of people think. So, um, you know, having an even line here with, uh, you know, the uncertainties going on in, in Cleveland, I think it's pretty crazy. I think they're that Vegas is underrating the Panthers and Baker Mayfield's ability. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really, like, I, I really like the Panthers here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think you, you mean speak for both of us. We, like you said, we've been talking about this one all summer long. Uh, as soon as Baker found his home in Carolina, I think everyone realized the week one matchup was Browns at Panthers. Um, I think he defends his home, new home turf, gets the job done. I actually was able to grab my uh, Carolina in a parlay, like or like a little one that I threw with a bunch of legs. But they opened up this game at like plus 120. Obviously, with all the question marks around the Deshaun Watson news, this was before the Panthers got Baker. So um, the line shifting now to the Panthers, money line at minus 124. Um I'm, de- I'm big on the Panthers this week. I currently have them, like I said, in my survivor pool. I'm thinking about maybe moving that around, but I'm heavy on them. I think this is a good week to use a team like the Panthers. Um, Ace, I know you uh, – I don't know your take on this, if you got Cleveland or Carolina. Jesse, what were the lines on this game again? The money line for the Panthers at minus 124. Browns money line at plus 106 and the spread in the favorite of the Panthers at minus one and a half. Yeah, that's interesting. What do you have for the over-under? 41 and a half. 41 and a half, that's low. I was going to say, I think both of these defense are a lot better than the offenses on both sides. Um, The other interesting thing to look at is the quarterback matchups. These are two brand-new quarterbacks and brand-new systems. Um, Baker struggled. He struggles against good defenses. Um, I know Miles Garrett and the rest of that pass rush are going to be ready to go. I've heard a lot about DJ Moore. Um, 
But those corners on the Brown side of the ball, we know how good they are. You have Jeremiah Wosukamara, right, on the linebacker that can call, that can match up well with Christian McCaffrey. It's going to be a tough game for me to pick, especially you can tell that Vegas thinks the same with the line. Um, give me the Panthers at home. Baker gets his revenge against his former team, but it's going to be ugly. I'd stick with the money line there. Nick Chubb is going to get the ball a lot this game. The Browns are going to play slow. Baker's going to get hit and hit often. But I think he does just enough to squeak out a win. You see a three-point win here, something like that. McCaffrey, anytime touchdown, sitting at minus 130. I like that. Love that. If the Panthers win this game, he gets two. For the Pan- he's going to get a touchdown every game he plays in where he doesn't get hurt. The question mm-hmm. is, you're betting minus 130 that he stays in the full game. I bet him. I bet 100 bucks on him on both or one of my fantasy teams that he's going to stay healthy the whole year. You and a lot of other people. It's it's potential. He's the best fantasy football player, literally, arguably ever. You have to take him. Like the upside on a guy like him is just unreal. Yeah. It's going to come down to turnovers, too, though. If Baker can manage those, then they should be able to hold on and win this game. But if not, it might be trouble for him down in Carolina. I'm excited. I'm really excited for this game. Storyline aside, I think this is a great game. I think it's going to be Chubb and Hunt versus McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Alrighty, and to continue with our one o'clock games, we've got the San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears. The 49ers coming in as our favorite as our favorite this week at minus six and a half, the money line at minus three thirty. Again, another one there for you to add to your parlay there, Ace, in the over under sitting at forty and a half. I got some good trends for this game as well. The 49ers are thirty five and sixteen straight up and twenty nine and twenty one and one against the spread with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback with all other quarterbacks in that span. They are eight and 28 straight up and 15 and 21 against the spread. Justin Fields has played four games as a home underdog in his NFL career. The bears are zero and four straight up and against the spread scoring more than 14 points. Oh, I didn't mean to read that. And against the spread in those four. What are you thinking ACE? Yeah, so that stat definitely jumps out to you about Jimmy Garoppolo-led teams being a lot better than non-Jimmy Garoppolo-led teams as we have Trey Lance taking the helm here. But the thing I always think about is, who were those starters before Jimmy Garoppolo? They Alex, weren't a top Alex 10 Smith. pick. They weren't top 10 Colin pick Kaepernick. Trey Lance. They weren't Trey Lance with the pedigree that he has. He's supposed to come in and be an MVP potential game-changer franchise player, right? Alex Smith was the number one overall Alex pick. Smith... Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick were both very good for the 49ers. Alex Smith was the number one overall pick. What pick was uh, Yeah, but he wasn't drafted by the Niners, was he? Yeah. That's a good point. Who else would – but how long ago was he playing before Garoppolo? I think he was – Well, he had a stint in Kansas City whenever – when Kaepernick was in San Francisco, Smith was in Kansas City, correct? Yeah. Wait, say that again? When Kaepernick went to the Super Bowl with the 49ers, is that when Alex Smith was a chief? Yeah, yep. because Smith got hurt in San Francisco and they Kaepernick moved to, came in. They went to Kaepernick. Yeah, because he lit it up. He was a beast. Wasn't there that years between ago? That Kaepernick and now, Garoppolo? What did you say, 10 years ago? No way. That was 2012. <laughs> it's 2022. No, yeah, I know. I'm saying I didn't realize that was that long ago. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Isn't isn't there quarterbacks between like for that stat eight and twenty eight in games without Garoppolo? Isn't that Mullins? There's like got there's games where like Mullins had to start. There's other there's other quarterbacks that have had to come in for Forty Niners. Beathard, yeah, CJ Beathard. Mullins. Yep, you said that. There's another guy too, but that's what yeah, there's another guy I'm forgetting. They had a few rough years in between. Like, you know, with everything that went on with Colin Kaepernick, too. So He said 8-28, and 28, you know. though. That's 36 Who games. That's like two come and a half. That's one and a half seasons. Who did Garoppolo you... come in to replace? The Mullins-Bethard gang, I thought. Was it just I now? think it was Mullins. It was Mullins. I'm pretty Bethard sure they had Carter. nothing. I'm pretty sure that's they had why nothing they going paid him. They had nothing going yeah, on right. there. He was coming yeah, from... Uh, I love... He was coming uh, from New England, correct? Just a backup, yeah. a backup position in New England. Yeah, it was when Brady was suspended and Garoppolo and Brissett went off that they got the bag in free agency. Everyone just thought Garoppolo was the next best best thing sitting behind Tom Brady, and I don't think, I don't think that's what it ended up being. So, Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship, though he he, he didn't do bad. Yeah, I know, but I also preached that good. defense and Debo Samuel. So, oh yeah, it was. All I good. think I think he did. The bare minimum to get there. Yeah, no, I agree. But like I said, I think Trey Lance has MVP potential. So I think they come out and roll that Bears team. That roster for the 49ers is so good. You can play bully ball. You can run the ball. You can pass the ball. You can pass up the middle. I know Kittle was listed as questionable today. First time I saw that. But that defense owns the trenches on both sides. And there's so many playmakers. The Bears have none. Um, I like the I like the Niners a lot here. It's another yeah, I like nine, Niners minus six and a half for me. Yeah, um, I just think the Bears have nothing going for them, so I'll roll with you guys. Good stuff. Lots of good games this week. Let's finish up our 1 o'clock games with Jacksonville at Washington. The Commanders coming in at minus 2.5. The money line at minus 142. And the over-under sitting at 43.5. I got one trend here. Washington is... Six and one against the spread in their last seven games against Jacksonville. So a lot of favor in Washington's favor. Huff, what do you think? Start us off here. I love the Jaguars here, actually. I'm forgetting the two and a half points. I'll take them plus 120 money line. I think Trevor Lawrence comes out with a new offense. Christian Kirk, a, a Travis Etienne back in his backfield. Uh, been have mixed opinions on this Jaguars team's win totals and stuff like that, but I think this week one matchup, uh, is meant for them to start the season out 1-0. I think uh, the new head coach in Jacksonville, Doug Peterson, gets his first win as a Jaguar um, week one this Sunday in Washington. Ralph, I definitely agree with you. When I was looking at that game, I also loved the tre- the Trevor Lawrence-led Jaguars there. Um, I know that that's not a thing to be in love with, but they have yeah. a lot of potential, that offense. You have Travis Etienne. You have James you gotta Robinson. you got to look at who they're playing, too. you got to look at who they're playing, too. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is going to – he's better than – he's supposed to be, at least. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be yep. good enough to beat teams like this. So I'm riding with him. He has a real coach now. He has his buddy ETN with him, nice and healthy. They've got some playmakers on both sides of the ball. They have that top pick on defense. They're ready. Evan Engram, another another guy that's not being talked about enough. Maybe the change of scenery re- rejuvenizes his career. I don't know. I like the, I like the Jaguars there, money line. Yeah, I don't really know how I feel about this game. It's tough. I mean, this Jags team could be completely new. New coach. Got uh, a running back coming off an injury. It's your first look at him. Um, I don't know. There's a lot that there's a lot of question marks with this Jaguars team. 
I think um, if we're thinking about it, then Washington's probably the safer bet here because I, I think Washington's a little underrated this year. I think they have a little more going for them than people think, especially being in that in that um, NFC East division. It's wide open. So, you know, they think that they can come out of that division. I, I think um, anybody thinks that one of those three teams can come out of that division. So, I don't know. You could see a different uh, commander's team this year. Almost said Redskins there. Yeah, come on, Mackie. Get politically correct. They're the commanders. Trying to cancel the podcast. <laughs> we'll get canceled. Cancel culture. John Gruden. I had to help you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What'd he say? He goes, John Gruden. I just go, Jesus Christ. Jesus <laughs> Nothing like that. According to him, he's a good guy. <laughs> you see, he wants another chance. I don't think so. But, Huff, like I was saying, me and you were just talking in the chat about that. Um, Doug Pedersen, Super Bowl champion, getting his crack with Trevor Lawrence, you know, real coach we're talking about. And he gets, he gets to play his former player in Wentz, you know. I, I think he takes him down. Plus, Chase Young isn't playing. He's the best player on either team on the defensive side of the ball. So, missing him is vital. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a situation of Belichick going back up going up against Brady as he left. <laughs> this is Doug Peterson going against Carson Wentz. I think the head coach has the advantage here. Agreed for sure. Agreed. All right, let's move into our four thirty games with the Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers coming in as the favorite at minus three and a half. The money line at minus one eighty four, and the over under sitting at fifty two and a half. I don't got any trends for this one. So, Huff, why don't you start us off? Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting spread, the way this game's sitting. I think a lot of these AFC West games, you're going to see a three-point a three point spread going either way, um, obviously for the home team with how good all these teams are. I do think the Chargers come out strong week one. Um, I think I had them splitting basically that whole division, kind of like three and three going in the division. So um, I think it's very too easy to say they're all going to win their home games, but I do like the Chargers week one. I think Herbert starts out strong. I think Eckler and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, the defense that we've said, we've been talking about them for two weeks. I think just the Chargers come out and have a great game. Ace, I know you've been high on the Raiders. I'm interested to hear what you have to say on this one. I got Chargers. I don't love the three and a half. I like the money line, maybe in like a two-legger or maybe tease that down, maybe get like a plus one, just basically bet the money line. Yeah, you're not wrong in saying this is an interesting one to look at. I think this is one of the tougher games to pick. Um, I think this is what America's game of the week potentially. This, this should be, be a good one. Yeah, this is going to be a good one to watch for sure. There's going to be fireworks on both sides. A lot of big name players, a lot of new acquisitions, a lot of new faces. I know that a mainstay at coach for Los Angeles is nice, and playing in their home stadium is nice. But I think this game means so much to Derek Carr, to Josh McDaniels, to Devontae Adams that they jump onto the scene right away and grab an important win on the road and get talked about like they deserve to. There's just so much talent on both sides of the ball. I think the Chargers are still a little banged up, right? Um, I think that pass rush is going to get through, shut down Herbie a little bit. It's going to be a shootout. Give me plus three and a half for the Raiders here, but I'm leaning money line as well. I I could see both sides of this. I think this is definitely going to be the game of the week. I think it's going to be a shootout to the end. Um, this is going to be a season-defining game for the Chargers and Justin Herbert, I think, because – He's going to have to have that game-winning drive or that clutch drive in the fourth quarter to put them on top, I think. And Dude, if that, he's able that, to do it. 
I didn't if mean to cut able you to off do there. it. Great. That last game, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, that last go. that that last game of the season last year was the perfect chance for him to have his first game winning drive, get your team in the playoffs. The stage was ne- the lights were never brighter on him there. Which, which is what we've seen year like for the past two years that this Chargers team is just there and they can't get over that hump to get to to be a good to be an elite team and. Their expectations this year are that they're going to be an elite team, but their expectations are that Justin Herbert is going to be him and he's going to win those those tight games. We saw it last year with these two exact teams and Derek Carr came out on top. So uh, this is going to be a really important game for Justin Herbert and that Chargers team. And I think uh, I think they come out on top and I think they have a good year. Yeah, like like you said, Mackie, the Chargers always seem to be right there. I think they have that crazy stat you always see on TV. It's like they've lost the most one-possession games. One-possession games, They've lost games, the most yeah. three-point games. I just remember seeing that with Phillip Rivers, and it's rang true in Herbert's tenure as well. Um, yeah, I like the Raiders plus three and a half. You heard me say why earlier. I kind of like a money line too. I'm high on that offense, McDaniels. But the thing to think about, if you're a Chargers guy and you're leaning Chargers, they added so much if they're right there. They added Khalil Mack. JC Jackson, those are two prolific defensive players. If you think your team's right there, why does that not push you over the top? No, yeah, it definitely does. And that's why I think we see a difference this year in, in that Chargers team. And I think it it does push them a little over the top. And you get another year into Justin Herbert's belt. And, you know, he had, he has caliber to have an MVP season this year. So um, I do like that Raiders team. I'm not nothing against them, but I, I think this is going to be a really good game. I think the Chargers has come out on top at home. Good stuff. And this next one, let's jump in with Mackey's New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans coming in at minus five that, and a half. Is that a, is that a chirp? I, I, I texted, I put Possibly. in the chat, I said, go to Mackey first about his New York Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the chat. I said, Mackey's high on Daniel You're Jones. This year. <laughs> Mackey's high on crack. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, go on about my Giants. The, the Tennessee Titans are favored in this game, though, Mackie. I'm sorry. At minus five and a half, the money line at minus 240, and the over under at 43 and a half. Mackie, you taking the Giants at plus five and a half? I'm going to go to you first here. What do you think? You know, I hate to say it, but I do see a Giants cover here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I just, I, I'm not I, high on the. I'm not high in the Titans this year. I don't think they have much going for them. Obviously, they still have Derrick Henry, in my opinion, the best running back in the league. But, uh, I mean, that defense is pretty poverty, in my opinion. And, you know, I, maybe you see something out of Daniel Jones this year. So you got you got Saquon Barkley back fully healthy. So, you know, you got the run, you got the running game that you got to worry about. So, I don't know. Maybe you see something here. It's, gonna, it's probably one of the worst games of the week, I think. I'm just kind of throwing something out there. I'm definitely not gonna. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not gonna be betting on this game. But hey, Mackie, stay off the weed. (laughs) Daniel Jones is terrible. They're gonna tank to get another top pick and go to that. I never. Let me just specify that I never. We put him in. We literally we cornered you there and made you take the Giants, and now we're just chirping. What's funny is that I thought about that on spot once you called them my Giants. You know, I had to back them up. Yeah, you love the New York Football Giants. I mean, the teams that play in New Jersey and are from New York, fucking terrible. The best. Um, So, like I'm saying, they're gonna be picking first overall. They're gonna be picking (laughs) first overall again. They're gonna start their losing off. They might go defeated the whole year. They got to start off strong if they want that first pick. So they're going to get smoked by Mike Vrabel and the Texans. 
What about a backdoor cover? A backdoor cover happens for teams that know how to score points. Unfortunately, Daniel Jones doesn't know how to do that. Can they? The, they do have a new head coach. Dayball's a good. I think he was a good move for the Giants. I do like the the move to bring him in from Buffalo. But I think they, yeah. I think they got a little more that they need to do before they. Uh... How do you think? How do you think Saquon fares in his first game back? They had a they had a nice draft. They did. They I the genuinely, I genuinely, am not high on Saquon at all. Just because that Giants offensive line literally the worst in the league and he he does he has no time to to do anything he gets yeah, the ball t- and he has three guys swarming him like that i mean he's a touchdown much can, to happen though yeah exactly so he'll get his i mean he'll get his fantasy points but i think in the aspect of like him having a breakout year i don't think it's physically possible because they don't have a threat in the past game and their offensive line is poverty so what's crazy to me is that is like you said that they have no threat in the past game they're actually muddled with tons of talent at receiver they just can't figure it out i think if each of those guys went their own way and joined another team they might turn into something Kadarius tony kenny galladay sterling shepherd darius slayton wandale robinson there's a lot of good names but they just can't seem to put it together for, for some reason i think that's daniel jones but dayball was brought in for that i'm still on the titans yeah. heavy there you're definitely right about that they do have some receivers that definitely have potential um but um yeah you still have daniel, daniel jones swinging that football so how much faith can you really have in that pass game? Mackie's <laughs> right. They do have the robotic receivers in the Giants <laughs> football team organization, but yeah, they're still not going to make any noise. Me and Huffer on variable heavy. What am I missing? Mackie what are you guys Giants, laughing at? I don't think he's taking you, you we, just, we couldn't you, hear your whole last take. You were robotic. Yeah, your voice sounded like a robot. And they said, robot. yeah, Mackie is right. They do have those robotic receivers. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what I even said. So just fucking cut it out. Right, good, good, good. Titans, hammer them. Everybody else like that? All right. Yeah, t- Titans minus five and a half. Don't, don't overthink this. Very good take there, boys. I like it. Another 430 game. We got the Kansas City Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals. Chiefs coming in as the favorite at minus five and a half. Money line at minus 255. And the over-under at 53 and a half. The Chiefs have won straight up and played over in their past seven season openers. The Cardinals are just three and ten against the spread. They're past thirteen in home, including as zero and five against the spread streak. Hoff, why don't you start us off with this one? I'll start us out here, and I'm not necessarily loving either side with this one, Ace. I think I know who you're going to be leaning with, your boy. But I'll get rolling right here. Give me the over fifty-three and a half. I think this is the shootout game of the week that we're going to see just points, points, points. Both of these offenses, I know uh, this Arizona team has unloaded a couple key players. They still have guys like Buda Baker um, on the defensive side of the ball, but I think Mahomes is not going to struggle to score 28. And same thing goes for Kyler. I think he's not going to struggle to score north of 24 points, and um, I I really like that over. So I think final score is sitting right around like 31-28, 31-27, somewhere in there. I don't really know who wins, but I guess with those scores, I guess I'd be taking the Cardinals plus the points. Yeah, I, um, I mean, Pat Mahomes week one, I, I, you expect something good out of him. This is a weird line, a six-point line here, especially with uh, the game being in Arizona. It's in Arizona, correct? Yep. Yeah, so a six-point line, um, six-point home dogs is kind of absurd to me with a Cardinals team that really hasn't – I mean, they were a playoff team last year. I don't know what, why they're getting so much hate. I guess DeAndre Hopkins is out six weeks, but 
It's just it's the Chiefs. I, I think this this should be a really good game. I I don't think um a six point I think a six point line is a, a little too much right, for this game. It, Mackie, how do you feel about that over under? I do like your I do like that over under. I think it's so high. What's it sitting at? Fifty three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are gonna be scared to take that, but am I? Can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. Oh, um, you're fine. We'll let we'll yeah, be screaming and moaning be, if you can't hear us. A lot of people are gonna be scared to take that over fifty three and a half, but uh, I like it here. I think it's a shootout, like you said. Yeah, I agree. With I see what you gotta you. say. I definitely, I definitely like the over there. That's a great pick. Um, honestly, with two 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 of the league's great young quarterbacks. I'd hammer that one. That's probably my favorite over of the week we've had so far. But at the same time, six points for a home team is always crazy. And for a playoff contending team, it's also pretty strange. So, yeah, we're going to rock the overs club, like Huff said. But I'm going to take the points with the Cardinals here. Give me them at home, the home birds, not the home dogs. Cardinals, a couple of birds. But um, couple of birds. <laughs> six points at home. Kyler Murray, the new Call of Duty hasn't dropped yet. He's going to be balling week one. A lot of trash on his name. A lot of people putting dirt on his name in the offseason. I have no reason, no clue why. Um, he has Marquise Brown. To, He's going to be airing it out that. to him all day long. Him and Patty M are going to be going back and forth. But I think that Cliff and the boys get it done. A funny bet to take here would be to game to go to overtime. If there was one to go to overtime this week, I this we could definitely be Kansas City, Arizona. Crazy line. Throw very lightly on it. But, yeah, I like the, the Cardinals covering here. Maybe squeaking out a win against Patrick Mahomes that, and the Chiefs. Is that overtime rule in effect this year or is that next year? I think it's immediately. I think it is immediately right now. Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, 2022. Yep. This would, be a, this would be a cool game to go to overtime. See so them what shoot is it, it out real quick. overtime rule? Both teams Both get a teams chance get to possess the ball. The ball. Touchdown or not? Yep. Okay. I'm not sure that when you break it down what the rule actually is, but I mean, I guess no matter what, the second team just has a chance to score the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Just root. I'm just rooting for points in this one. Give me the over. I like the over. The new rule states that if a playoff game goes into overtime, both teams will now have an opportunity to possess the football. Playoff if the game, game. remains playoff tied game. after each team holds the one possession, then sudden death rules apply and the next score will win the game. So overtime rules are the same until playoffs. That I I think that's actually crazy. I don't know why they would change the rules for postseason overtime rules have been changed. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Now let's get into this next one. Last four yeah. o'clock game. Next one, yeah, last 4 o'clock game, as Huff said, the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers coming in as the favorite at minus 1.5, the money line at minus 116, and the over-under at 47.5, the Vikings money line is minus 102. Huff, how about you start us off with this one? Yeah, so um, I took the Packers to win the division, and... With the take I'm going to have in this game is not going to make my division take look too hot. I actually have the Vikings winning this game. I think they come out and defend their home field in week one. Um, I'm really high on the Vikings this year. I do think Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Jettas, um, you know, Thielen, another year up there. I think that offensive core is very nice. And while the defensive side of the ball isn't anything too crazy, it's enough to get the job done against a, a Packers team that is subtracted. 
this offseason. And last year, Aaron Rodgers fucked me week one. I had the Packers minus three in New Orleans, and they got blown out. So I'm fading them week one this year. Yeah, I basically agree. I think the Vikings come out on top this year. I think the Packers struggle this year. I don't think um, I don't think they bounce back without Devontae Adams as well. I think um, Aaron Rodgers has a tough time trusting his younger receivers. I know he still has Alan, Alan Lazard. He has uh, Valdez Scantling still. But, Scantling's, you know, he, Scantling's a thief. Oh, did he leave? Okay, my yeah, bad Yeah, he's on a that. chief. You're good. Okay, but you have uh, Aaron, Alan Lazard, and then you just have a, a few young receivers. And he's already said in press conferences that if you don't catch the ball, you know, you lost there you go. you're not – if you don't catch the ball, you're not gonna you're not gonna play. And um, I think he has a little problem trusting his receivers this year. So I think uh, he has to get used to it for a few games. And this first game is gonna be a, a tough tough uh, matchup for them. I think the Vikings are on think, top. I think it'll be a slow start for them. I, I like I like the Vikings money line. Ace, what about you? Yeah, this sucks for me because I wanted to go last because I thought I have a different take than y'all. I'm also on the Vikings, which is a tough thing to say that we're all on the Vikings. Um, I feel like I have to give some respect to Aaron Rodgers reigning back-to-back MVP real quick. I know he's had a lot in the offseason, a lot of moving parts, not ready to go and such. They lost Zadarius Smith on the other side of the ball. They still have Aaron Jones. They have A.J. Dillon. We've seen Rodgers make every receiver he's thrown to relevant throughout his career, so it doesn't really matter who you have. They have a couple of early picks, like Mackie said, and Watson and Dobbs or Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. It's just Dobbs. Yeah, and uh, you still have Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard. You have Robert Tanyan. I do like the Vikings, though, for this reason. They have that new offensive coordinator in from the Rams and a healthy Dalvin Cook to start the year. He's one of the best players on the offensive side of the ball in the whole league when he's healthy. You have him, Jefferson, uh, Thielen, Osborne, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, all up to speed. I mean, I like I like the Vikings. You said they're at home, right? Yep. Yeah, I like the Vikings at home, and I think Aaron Rodgers and the team will start picking up as the year goes on, so let's not count them out. I, we can't count out Aaron Rodgers. We don't lobby those guys. All righty, and next up, the Sunday night football game. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. We have the Buccaneers favorited at minus 2.5, the money line at minus 136, and the over-under at 15.5. All right, Mackie, you want to start us off with this one? Yeah, um, so we saw this matchup last year, and the spread was a lot higher. It was at an eight-point spread, I think, and everyone kind of thought that Tampa was going to go out and smoke them, and I think it was a two-point game. Bucks ended up winning, but um, Dallas at home here, I, I, I like their spot. I think I think it's a tough spot to come into against you know a team like the Bucks who have so much going, going on. Tom Brady coming back out, out of retirement after not even really retiring, but I don't know. It's a good test for the Cowboys, who – do have their own questions this year. You know, that division's obviously up for grabs and how good of a year Dak is going to have. So it's a good game for them. I think they come out on top at home because, you know, they're looking forward to the next week and they um they got the Bengals the following week. So that's another t- tough matchup they have to deal with. So you want to win at least one of these two games, and I think you you uh, you uh get you win this game against the Bucks week one. I don't, ex- I don't expect either of you guys to have to the same your take Because I'm actually not too low on the Cowboys in this game with everything that's going on with the Bucs. I do think the Bucs cover. I think they win the game and cover. But I wouldn't. I hate to say I wouldn't be too surprised if the Cowboys come out and play a good game. Dak comes out and throws for, you know what I mean, some three touchdowns, a hell of amount of yards. It's really going to come down to turnovers and what Zeke can do. Um, but like I said, yeah, give me the Bucs with the points here. Um, I'm just going to stick with familiarity based off of last season right now. 
Yeah, I'm still going to roll with the Bucks here. I'm going to take a money line, but it's scary with that offensive line. They've been depleted since that last year. I'm no surprise that Brady stepped away for a little bit. Um, you lose Rob Gronkowski, who's like an extra lineman too. Uh, I think they lost, who was it, Jensen, Wirfs? Marpet, Marpet retired and Jensen Marpet. got hurt. Another guy in that O-line got hurt too. Uh, I can't remember who exactly, but yeah, it, it's it's a lot of moving pieces, but it's still Tom Brady. He's got a lot of weapons on both sides, and that defense speaks for itself. Um, Jason Peters steps in for the Cowboys now for the injured uh, lineman they had go down. So that that's going to be – he's 36 years old. It's tough for him to defend that pass rush from Tampa Bay. You have Shaq Barrett and uh, Devin White. Um, all, we, know, we know. We've seen them in the Super Bowl. We've seen them in the playoffs the last few years. Tampa Bay is loaded on both sides of the football. They'll own trenches regardless of the injuries. I think they come out and win this game. Dak, without a healthy gallop, he's going to be throwing to Jalen Tolbert and Noah Brown. I mean, I'm not too excited about this Cowboys team right off the rip. Yeah. C.D. Lamb. We know he'll get his, but he's forget about who him. Who else is going to make plays around them? We know the Cowboys run those three receiver sets all the time, and uh, we need that. And we also got a nice committee in our backfield with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. I think Tony Pollard. Yeah, they're both going to get eaten up by that box run defense. One of the best run defenses in the league. Vita if three guys in the backfield, we'll is the time the ball's we'll being see. snapped. I mean, I like the Cowboys a lot too. I'm high on them. I have them to win the division. Obviously, I put that in earlier in the year. But this is just not a great matchup for them in week one. I don't think. All three of us defend our, te- defend our teams so hard. Trayvon it's Diggs. It's great. I'm just, well, we did We did see this. The, the Bucks team is relatively it's a the good same thing he cut out. That's not. what Trayvon Diggs is going to do when he's covering my At least with this week. So he be like, oh, he's right there. And now Mike Evans is in the end zone. I actually... I actually hate Trayvon Diggs, and I think he's, he's the most overrated player in the he's NFL. Chirps. The so worst part is, though, he's the second best player on your defense. I don't think that's true either. He's just, you know, he was rated 36. In, uh, it's crazy that you're a Cowboys fan and arguing against Trayvon Diggs. I agree that, is, that he's not as good as everybody thinks, but pick sixes and turnovers, they speak Because, themselves. dude, like, look. If you if you watch his if you watch his game, he gets burned so often. And like, yeah, he makes up for it with a with an interception here or there. But like, how much like how much does that actually do? That's when what I you think. Though. Give I, up touchdown. I think after turnovers touchdown? are more important. He actually his one on one coverage is actually. Yeah, I do. Turnovers you, you lead to so? points every time. It's all scheme too. Yeah. If he's that good of a corner in that, why wouldn't you give him help over the top? Right, let him take his chances. If Mike McCarthy is a coach. He's one of the worst coaches in football. I don't understand yeah, why they brought him back. I get rid of him. It's Every, funny that Cowboys that fans hated Jason Garrett, and then they get Mike McCarthy, who lived off of Aaron Rodgers. No, the, see, the thing is, Cowboys fans didn't hate Jason Garrett when he got when he first got there, and we had Tony Romo in that system because he was really good when when he when he first got there. I'm just saying he was. I think I think he was pretty good in his first few years when he had Tony Romo and that team, that old team that they had, and you know he he was that coach for. Um, all I was going to say is you don't know what you got until it's gone. Jason Garrett wasn't as bad as they thought, and now they turn it over to Mike McCarthy, who lived off of Rodgers with that Super Bowl. Not a big fan of him. I think the Cowboys are a good team, but they don't get it done this week against the Bucs and Brady. All right, let's move into our Monday night football game. we got the Denver Broncos at the Seattle Seahawks. we got the Broncos favorited at minus 6.5. The money line at minus 270 and the over-under at 44 and a half. 
Russ going into his old town in Seattle. What do we think here? Huff, you want to start us off? Yeah. Give me my boy. Let's ride. Denver Broncos minus six and a half coming into Seattle. I think they get the job done pretty easily. Not too much to talk about with the Seattle team anymore. Um, new offense in Denver. Nathaniel Hackett's first year under the helm in Denver. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he has to do with his new toy, that Russell Wilson at quarterback. Um, we'll have to see what happens, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the ponies all the way up to Seattle. Denver minus six for me. Yeah, Huff, I'm with you on that one. Broncos country. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah, no, definitely six points seems like a very strange line to me. Um, I'm surprised it's not seven and a half. Oof, I'm surprised it's not nine and a half. I mean, that Seahawks team has nothing going for them. I was trying to convince myself, what way do the Seahawks stay in this game? Yeah, it's Monday Night Football. They have Pete Carroll, but their trenches are terrible. Their skill players, terrible outside of Lockett and Metcalf. Nobody that can get on the ball. No tight end that I can think of. I know they have Noah Font, but he's on a new team and always injured. Um, Rashad Penny's going to have to do a lot. He's going to get in the end zone three times, and Russ is going to have to forget how to play or use his left hand. I don't know. I see the Broncos scoring over 30 points. I see Drew Locke maybe finding the end zone once. I see a lot of punts coming from that side. Gino, Gino, Gino. Oh, yeah. That's ter- That's what I'm saying. If you're not even – Drew Locke, Geno Smith, terrible. I think it's another situation like we have with the Giants. They're really playing for that pick next year. Um, they've already threw in the tower before the year started. Uh, Penny's going to come out hot, but like me and Huff were talking about, they're going to run the game slow so that over isn't something I would want to touch. Even a team total over I wouldn't want to touch, but I do like the Broncos with the points. They're going to beat them by multiple touchdowns. Don't get it twisted. They'll find the end zone at least three times. I'm going to say three to five. Bro- Seahawks will be lucky to touch that paint once. Yeah, give me give me Denver, minus six. I could see the score being there like 34-10. Yeah. I like that score. I think Denver's going to kick ass this game. It's going to be a good one. All right, I think that's going to do it for our week one analysis. It is time for week one. Expect on all social media platforms, our picks for week one on Thursday. We're going to have some picks coming out definitely on Sunday, possibly some more on Monday. So make sure you keep an eye out on those, but that's all I got. Huff, what are you thinking? Yeah, not much else coming from me. Definitely excited to be wrapping up week one. Now it's just time to watch some football this weekend and make some money. So um, stay tuned to all the social media platforms. Going to have all the picks coming out by noon on Sunday for the Sunday slate. Uh, tomorrow night, a little bit before kickoff, hopefully by like 7.30, we'll get the plays out. But um, Hopefully a team pick tomorrow. Yeah, I think we definitely got one. Uh, stay tuned to the social media for what we're going to go with tomorrow night. But yeah, it's going to do it for me. See you guys next week. Hit the book, Nations. Let's, Let's ride. ride. No, um, like I said, we've given you a, a good look at our p- our picks throughout the whole podcast, but definitely check back to our socials. Uh, I know the boys were really hot last year. They wrote it with college football and other sports. We're ready to go for go for this NFL season. This is what we're here for. This is what we're ready to do. This is how we uh, this is how we think all year long. We're ready to go this week one. We'll have a pick for you tomorrow. We know everybody wants to throw on the first game of the year, defending champs versus the hottest team in the league of the summer, summer Super Bowl champs against the defending champs. I wonder who will win. So be on the lookout for that, and then our big picks will be coming this weekend. So ready to roll, yeah. ready to watch. Starting college football 2-0, looking to start NFL hot as well. Stay tuned for the team card, individual cards, everything like A said. Stay tuned to the social media. See you guys next week.
Uh, yeah, that's all I got this week. You know, excited for week one. We've been waiting for this for uh, a while now. So stay tuned for picks. See you next week. Keep in touch over the weekend. That's all we got. Peace. Peace. And that's going to do it for us this week on Hit the Books Podcast. Thank you for all the support week in and week out. Please be sure to share and check out our various social media platforms and check out our website. All the info is located in our link tree in the description below. And always remember to hit the books.